Well, welcome back once again to Rhythms of Grace. This is really different for us because we're actually on take two uh, of our podcast. We got about 10 minutes in and I realized I forgot to push the record button. Mm -hmm. So rookie mistake, Mm -hmm. (laughs) rookie mistake. We are in uh, kind of an in-between podcast series between seasons one and two where we're kind of building off our teaching series. Um, from Grace Church, where Sung is the lead pastor and I'm the executive pastor. This particular series felt like there was so much that got left sort of out of the sermons that we wanted to highlight some of the things. We're, we're looking at the book of Job, and there's a lot there. You know, when you're talking about suffering, and you and like today we're going to talk about evil or spiritual warfare, you can't sum that up in 20 minutes very easily. So we're kind of leaning into that. Um, it's it's uh, it's a inter- lot of interesting topics, but they're heavy. And probably it's helpful to start with the caveat that we're not going to be able to cover everything um, even today. I thought we were going to. We're going to, all your questions are going to be answered. Um, so uh, last week we talked about suffering. What are we, what are we diving into this week? Yeah, just like you said, spiritual warfare, evil. Uh, in the first chapter of Job, the part that we skipped uh, this past week on, um, on our online services is this interaction where these angels are before God's presence and Satan comes and Satan and God have this whole conversation. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to look at the reality of just supernatural evil. You know, in that story, Satan, uh, and his name literally means adversary, enemy, or accuser. Satan, and the Bible talks about him being like a roaring lion. He is a fallen angel that opposes God. And in this story, he's accusing God. And we'll get into that. But just to know that um, Satan is a, uh, this unseen, supernatural, uh, evil one who is instigating sin uh, and too often times, humanity, we believe the lies that he tells us. So this talking about Satan has sort of like fallen out of favor. It feels like in sort of the evangelical church, we don't often talk about the spiritual realities like the unseen. Um, I mean, do you have thoughts about why that is less regularly talked about now than it was, say, you know, when I was growing up? Honestly, I, I mean, I grew up in sort of a charismatic uh, tradition, but we talked about it all the time. I mean, all the time. I have some stories, and maybe we'll have time to tell. <laughs> why, why do we talk about it less? Well, I, you know, like you, I grew up in a very similar background, too. And, and I think for me personally, um, and, and we'll get into some other reasons why, but sometimes I, I almost feel like I'm, I'm a post-charismatic in recovery. Okay. You know, I totally relate. You know, like where you talk about Satan is responsible for everything. You got that flat tire, it's Satan. Yeah. There's a long line at Chipotle, it's Satan. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I've heard, I've, I've heard things very similar to that. Uh, You know, I really have. Yeah. And so in some ways, uh, maybe it's a bit of a reaction Mm -hmm. um, against that understanding of what spiritual warfare is. It's really sort of like a, I mean, we talked about this last week that it's sort of a simplified, like anything that goes wrong is the devil. Anything that goes right is God. And sort of that unnuanced perspective, at least for me, is part of what I react against. I feel like it's as complex as our conversation last week about suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. This is definitely a complex, nuanced conversation. And on one hand, you know, you can make the mistake of blaming Satan for everything, thereby almost excusing yourself from any kind of responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so Satan 
you know, it was Satan that made me go gamble. Right. You know, and so, but the other lie that we can believe is that he doesn't exist at all. Yeah. And this is where scripture kind of even sometimes counters our own experience. I think the other reason why we may not talk about this, especially in a place like Ann Arbor, which is um, such a, a very intellectual, hard science type of town, I think it's really easy to think like, well, if I don't, if I can't see it, if yeah. I can't touch it, like yeah. it's not true. Yeah. And so even as Christians, we live in a culture that is um, post-Christian and just kind of does away with anything invisible or unseen. Yeah. And in some ways, I think there's been a, there's a, there's been a recent history of the church trying to combat science on sort of like a scientific level, right? Like there's been a lot of like modernism is about like arguments and proving and all of these things. And man, when you start talking about spiritual warfare or the unseen or angels or demons, that gets a lot harder to do, you know, it it gets a lot harder to do. Um, so how do we help us? So Sung, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's anything we do. I think but just recognizing that if you deny the reality of supernatural evil, you can unknowingly come under its influence. Mm. All the while thinking nothing is going on behind the scenes, like you're actually being subjected to it. And so I think mm. that's one of the dangers. If, if you, if you f- tend to fall towards a continuum where you think, well, you know, I don't think about that, yeah. it, you know, like, but, but, but it's true. I mean, uh, I mean, and I've had experiences where, uh, of supernatural phenomena, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm one, um, that's just wired to, um, to depend on, or, or uh, I depend on reason, logic, and rationality almost to a fault. Yeah. You know, don't try to appeal to my emotions because it's not going to work. But yeah. if you can, if you can logically explain something that might persuade me. But um, I remember having a, an experience back when I was in college, you know, like five, ten years ago. Yeah, sure. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our church went uh, on a short-term mission trip for two months to Africa. And I, I was a young kid then. And just the things that I saw and experienced. And mm. one of the questions that came up is like, why do we see so, so much more spiritual warfare in a place like Africa? Yeah. Yeah. Versus here in America where right. you feel like ah, you don't see it that much. Yeah. One of the things that the pastor explained, which I, I thought helped, helped me understand and made sense is, you know, in a place like the U.S. or in the Western worlds, it's, it, it's almost like Satan doesn't need to do too much to distract us, mm-hmm. get our eyes off Christ. And mm-hmm. so whether it's through uh, like good things, you know, like technology, entertainment, he, I mean, he just uses that to kind of, uh, get behind uh, um, like our any kind of uh, let's say Christian worldview yeah. to really implant a view that might be actually opposed to God. Yeah, it is helpful to to remember that that is part of the nuance that we talk about that that different cultures sort of engage with faith differently for lots of different reasons. But God speaks to us in ways that are culturally specific. So it seems logical, you know, to say, well, guess what? Probably the attacks from Satan that we might experience are also going to be culturally specific in some way. I mean, on the other side, if we're talking spiritual um, spiritual warfare or like the unseen, I'll, I'll share a quick story. When I was mm-hmm. in high school, probably. Um, a few years ago. Yeah, again, just, just yesterday. Uh, we had a guest team come in to lead worship at our church 
for some Sunday. I don't remember why. But afterwards, one of the people on the worship team came up to me. I swear I had never met them before in my life. And she said, hey, this is going to sound weird, but I had a dream about you last night. And I didn't know what the dream meant. And then I came here on Sunday and I saw you. And and then she shared the dream, which was essentially like, um, I don't, I'm not going to share the whole dream, but it was sort of like a way of God saying, this is something that I have gifted you to do, and I want you to step out in that more. Again, I had never met her before, and yet we came in the same room on Sunday, and there I was. Something very similar happened to me when I was in seminary, where I was at a church, and um, it, it was a charismatic church, and so they were they had a team coming from a different church, and I had never met these people um, and, and again, in the meantime, you have to understand, I've experienced a lot of um, abuse when yeah. it comes to this area. Yeah. And, and I've, uh, even at that point, had grown pretty cynical okay. about this whole thing. Not, not that I disbelieved in the spiritual reality, but just, you know, oh, I have a word of knowledge from God, or I have a prophetic yeah. utterance. And uh, this team came, and, and it was a, a team that was going to pray over people and, and kind of prophesy over people again, I'm kind of going in here going like, ah, okay, let's see. Yeah. And one of the guys that came and prayed, and again, like you, I'd never met this guy. He was saying things like um, very detailed things mm. about my life and, and what was going on that I, I, w- I was just blown away. E- even in the midst of all the doubt and cynicism of like, okay, yeah, I've heard this. I've seen yeah. this, you know, speaking in tongues and, oh, come on. Right. Like it, it was so powerful that like years and years later, I, I still remember that yeah. time. Yeah. And so, I mean, again, like you, I've experienced abuses where someone uses a word from God to justify their own selfish behavior or to try to in- manipulate you to get you to do what they want. You know, we've experienced God that. God told me to marry you. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be my wife. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's painful because I've heard it. Um so there are those abuses, but you and I both have experienced things that we would say, look, apart from there's no, there's no sort of reasonable, logical explanation for this, except that there are things that we can't see that God is doing behind the scenes, you know, and, and that has an influence on our life. And, and those things are real. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so again, like the book of Job just straight out just assumes that the existence of supernatural forces and beings is real. Uh, but the thing that's really interesting is one thing that Satan does in, in that conversation with God. He, he says to God, like he says to God, um, you know, about Job, does Job serve you for nothing? You know, meaning is Job really serving you, God, or is he just serving himself because you have given him all these benefits? You've made him rich. You've made him famous. You've made him, like, wealthy, and of course he would serve you. And so the question is raised, like, so is, is faith a matter of just self-interest? Mm. Like, and, and that's a really penetrating, good, reflective question for us to ask. Like, do I really love God, or, or am I just in it for myself. Yeah, that's a good one. That is a good one. Um, 
And it goes back to what we've been talking about. Um, I think you referenced something similar in, in last week's sermon and this week's sermon, which is that suffering is not necessarily, uh, uh, suffering and blessing are not necessarily indicative of God's favor or judgment. Like mm. there's, there's, uh, there's more layers to it than that. Yeah, because here we see Job, who's a, a good man, blameless and upright, according to the book of Job, and yet he's suffering pretty tragic uh, things. And so, uh, again, I, I think the book of Job is so challenging for me because it asks, can a person cling to God even when all the benefits are gone? Like when all of God's gifts are taken away? Yeah. Like, what is left? Is, is it really love for God? Or is it like, well, of course I follow Christ because look at all the good things he's yeah. given me. I, I was so challenged by that part of your sermon this week. There's like literally sitting there asking myself, like, what, what might be a deal breaker for me, honestly? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So if we're, if we're talking about spiritual warfare, can we talk about sort of the issue of evil a little bit? For, in, in my experience, I think evil, um, which causes suffering, is kind of in the same camp as suffering where people are like, how can a good God allow evil? Or how can a good God allow suffering? Um, and so can we talk about evil? If we're talking about spiritual warfare, we've talked about the good things God has done that are, that are kind of beyond um, and un- unseen. But the opposite is also true. Right. Yeah. And when it comes to the question of evil and suffering, right, there is no one silver, silver bullet answer. But we also have to recognize there are different uh, layers of evil. And so, for example, we could, um, there, there's the evil that comes as a result of just personal choice. Okay. Uh, we decide to walk away from God, and um, or we decide to harm somebody. Sure, or you, you take a drink and get behind the wheel of a car. Exactly. And yeah. so per, there's personal evil at, at that level, choices that we make. Uh, at another level, there is structural evil. Did what? we talk about this already? This was in, this was the the first thing. We oh, talked about. this was the first recording. <laughs> this is the first recording we covered. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. So I'm not repeating myself. All no, of a sudden, I'm not. like, man, okay, Groundhog this sounds Day. Sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so personal evil at, uh, is at the individual level. Structural evil is kind of like systems and patterns of this world. Racism, economic inequality. Yeah, and it's not so much anybody's choice as much as these systems kind of perpetuate itself. Yeah. Um, and then at a higher level is supernatural evil, which is where uh, Satan and demonic forces come in. And so explaining why, how, how would a, why would a God, good God allow suffering? Mm. Well, part of it is, well, sometimes we make choices that are yeah. just contrary to God's law. Yeah. Another is just, uh, it's not like God is uh, inflicting this as much as humanity. We have created systems that perpetuates sin right. and evil, and then there are forces that are unseen that also contribute to evil and suffering in the world. Yeah, I, I love the description of three different levels because I think when we're talking spiritual warfare, one of the mistakes that I regularly see people make or abuses that I regularly see is misattributing you know, evilness up and down the scale, right? Yeah. So again, if I make a horrible choice, 
and I experience uh, suffering because of it, and I and I sort of enact evil on someone else. I can't just like throw my hands up and say, "Well, you know, the devil made me do it." Like, right. that, like that. That's different. That we have a ton of personal responsibility there. Um, and when we talk about structural evil, you know, we we did a webinar on racism, and we talked about how even those structural evils occur at many different levels, including individual, but those things like we're, we're, we can't just simply say like, there's a, a demon of racism, you know, like there's like a system and a structure and, and, um, personal decisions, all of that like plays in. So it is again, nuanced and it's nuanced. I, we're just going to have to say that a million times. Right. And I think in saying that also understanding that while suffering is allowed by God, all suffering passes through God's hand, but it, God allowing evil and suffering is not the same as uh, God inflicting evil and suffering. Yeah. And, and that's really crucial for us, in, especially when it comes to how we respond to suffering. Because yeah. if we think, if we believe God is actually inflicting this on us, then he's just an awful God. Yeah. He's yeah. not a God worthy of following. Yeah. And that's actually what Satan accuses God of like, hey, hey, if Job is uh, is only loving you because you've given him all these benefits, then God, you you actually have to pay off your servants. You have to pay them with a a great family, fame, fortune. And so he's actually trying to um, accuse God in this. And so it's really important for us to understand, like, you know, God, God allows it. But this is the other thing that we'll go into is like even in allowing it, we often misunderstand the battle between good and evil as God on one side in the in the boxing ring and Satan on the other side. Yeah. And we have to understand this this is not a battle between two equals. God is sovereign. Satan is a created being who is on a chain and will one day be defeated once and for all. And so, uh, again, uh, you know, and when we do suffer, it's also uh, important to understand that um, God is allowing that for a purpose because he is overcoming evil in this world, even even though it may not seem immediately, but ultimately that is his purpose and his plan. Yeah, and that's one way, you know, to... to to remember to think about spiritual warfare is that there are there is evil that God allows and this man you know this is like a hard same thing as last week's episode this can be a hard truth to hang on to like why would God allow evil like why would he do that in our minds it can be really hard to uh, think of a good reason to allow evil to be enacted on the innocent let's say but what it sounds like you're saying is, well, there's another level. We don't, again, if we're talking about the unseen, we don't know it. We don't see it. We we don't understand how it all weaves together, but God is doing something. Yeah, yeah. That's hard, man. I'm going to, I like, I wrestle with that one. I honestly do. You know, I mean, I really do. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that often stands as a barrier to someone kind of feeling like, uh, God is something they can believe in. Yeah. That's the truth of it. I think it's really important uh, to, in light of this conversation about Satan and spiritual warfare, to keep your eyes on Christ Mm. and not focus on Satan. Yeah. 
Um, yes, he's real. You can't deny that. But you, if the focus becomes Satan and not God, then you know you've kind of lost track. I, so this reminds me of a story. Uh, when So my wife and I actually also spent several months in Zimbabwe uh, on an extended mission trip. And we were staying at a small church um, and... Uh, and we were praying before the church service. And then we were in a group of like 10 or 15 people. And I am not kidding that people spent, I would say, 75 to 80% of their time talking to Satan in their prayers. Like, we're, you know, like Satan, we bind you. You don't have any place here. And, and again, there's an acknowledgement that, that evil is real and that there, are, there is supernatural evil. But for us to allow that to be the primary thing that we're focusing on is, in my mind, a grave, grave mistake. So were they praying to Satan? I mean, that's what it, legitimately, that's what it felt like. That's what it felt like. I'm like, we have spent the past 20 minutes praying to Satan. Like, what? Like what? that's a mistake. You know, yeah. that's a mistake. And so, that it's again, there's a nuance there. Like, we have to walk a line between the acknowledgement that it is real and at the same time not letting ourselves be distracted um, and, and focus too much on the evil or even combating the evil, right? Yeah. Um, but that we're supposed to fix our eyes on God, you know, yeah. instead. Yeah. Uh, you know, one last thing I will say uh, that just popped into my mind, especially when you read the passage, verses 6 to 12 in chapter 1, is uh, all this is happening in the heavenlies, you know. The, it's almost like uh, Satan places a, a, a wager with God, how will Job respond? Yeah. And God is like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, I, I, I'm doing something in Job's life. Um, and in the midst of his suffering, and we'll, you, see, you see this when you read chapter 3, Job thinks his life is meaningless. Mm-hmm. He thinks, like, nothing is, like, there, like, what's the use of all this? What he doesn't know is, while he thinks this is all meaningless, like, so much hangs in the balance mm. uh, in that conversation between Satan and God. God is saying, no, 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 I, I, don't, I, I don't have to pay off my servants. Uh, Job does love me, yeah. not because of what I could give to him, but just yeah. because, of, because of the relationship that we have. And, yeah. and Satan, you're trying to destroy that trust. Yeah. And, and, and so I, I only say that because when you walk through dark times, it's really easy to feel like God doesn't care. Like, does he even notice? Like, he's not even answering my prayers. And yet, in this story, like, it actually reveals the opposite. That's so much. Again, not that, like, the universe is hanging on Job's, you know, response here. But that's how much confidence and faith God is, uh, can I say it this way, almost placing in us in the work that he is doing in us. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I think that's just really... Uh, important to hold on to, especially when you walk through the valley. It's true. The other part of that interaction that that kind of stands out to me is that you. It is a. There's like a. It's a conversation between two individuals, essentially God mm-hmm. and Satan. And I think the other mistake that sometimes we make is assuming that, for example, the spiritual realm is like Harry Potter. Like if you say the right words and if you wave your wand in the right way, like well, the supernatural is going to do what you want, right? Sort of like right. magical thinking. And and what I love about this description of God in the Book of Job is it's like there's there is a a, a person with a, a 
personality and an identity and thoughts and feelings and and desires and a plan it's it's like it's like it would be like me saying well as long as i do these three things sung will have to give me a raise like he has no choice right and that right. we would never expect that in in sort of um a horizontal interaction with another person and yet sometimes we can feel like in terms of spiritual warfare um or you know navigating the unseen like if I do these three things, ta-da, like everything's going to work out. And that's that's just, that's not the way that it, it works. Yeah, no. And again, that view of God makes him a God that's not worthy of following. Absolutely. So. If he can be that easily controlled right. or manipulated. And so, yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. Yeah, so I, I think, again, just, you know, one thing that this story teaches us again is like God is sovereign. Uh, this battle that's going on, it is not a war of equals. And that, therefore, again, that's why uh, we are uh, encouraged in Scripture to f- uh, keep our eyes on Christ. It's good. It's a good word. Thanks, Sung. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Rhythms of Grace. We hope you will catch us next week as well.